0: My bad, my bad, Jay. It's not you. It's me. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good, Matt. I did a pretty good job. Um, I don't, I don't, I never wore the, the the Tony Stark glasses, but yeah, that was pretty good. Hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. If you don't know me, I am the lead pastor. Uh, Man, I'm so thankful that you're here today. So thankful uh, for everybody that's watching us online. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Man, come on. We've got a uh, fall festival today for you and your family and your kids. And listen, I know the Different opinions about um, th- this time of season. Listen, I just want to wish you a happy Hallelujah-ween. Come on. Pretty good? My, my favorite is this one. I actually wanted to call this day this. Uh, happy, hallowed, be thy name day. Come on. You think know, that's going to catch on? Hallowed be thy name. Uh, basically, what, what our stance is is that we don't give Satan any days. He gets no days, zero days. And, and, and man, uh, our, our whole jobs, our whole job as followers of Christ is to take back everything that Satan has stolen. And we're just going to take this ba- day back too. And we're just going to dedicate it to Jesus and, and and God and celebrate what God has done. That's what we call it a harvest fest. And we're celebrating the harvest that God has brought into our own lives and our family and into this church and what God is going to do in the future. And so, man, we're just going to have a great time today. Man, there's games, there's a bouncy house, there's, there's 13 different chilies, okay? And so it's going to be an awesome day to connect and just uh, celebrate uh, what God has done. Amen? Awesome. We are in a very long series called Refuge, okay? And and I don't know how long it's gonna be. We're just gonna go until God says to stop, okay? Um, Hey, real quick, man, man, didn't Tyler do such an awesome job last week? Come on, in the youth takeover. It was so awesome to see all of our students Man, excited about God. We, I think we had close to 50 youth on Thursday, and, and man, it was a great time for them too. It was an awesome time. And so uh, I wanna c- continue to encourage parents, man, get your kids to youth group on Thursday nights at seven o'clock. It's an awesome time for them to grow in God and, and, and friendship and relationship, okay? Awesome. All right, Refuge. We're in this very long series called Refuge is part seven today, and we've actually gotten to two subjects, okay? We got to Hope, right? Uh, refuge of Hope and then uh, we've been stuck on this word called courage, right? And and I really feel like this is a timely word for the church, timely word for God's people that we would understand how important it is to be a courageous people, that that God's people would have real courage courage, and then we've been talking about what it looks like to have real courage in, in a world that, that has completely gone away from biblical values, right? And, and last week, we, we talked about, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about the spirit of fear specifically, and and the whole goal of the, the spirit of fear is to get us to be ashamed of Jesus, and, and to get us to be ashamed of living biblically, and, and 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 man, that's the whole goal of the spirit of fear, and, and so God's called us to be a courageous people. Let's read uh, the definition of courage today. You should have this memorized, okay? The quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, and pain without fear. And so the whole point is that We can't even develop fear unless we're going through some type of difficulty, danger, or pain, and then without fear, and we specifically uh, tackled the spirit of fear two weeks ago and what the spirit of fear is trying to get us to do, and the whole point is to keep us silent and not step into the courage that God has given us, okay? All right, so my subtitle today to the title of the message is The Spirit of Entitlement and the Devastation... Of fake news come on it's gonna be a good one come on let's pray and then we'll get into God's word today father we thank you for this moment this is your moment Jesus God this is your day that you made and so father we give it to you we give you this time right now we just come against the enemy right now we come against the attacks of the enemy right now in Jesus name and we cast out the father of lies out of our hearts and our minds. Holy Spirit, we just ask whatever happened this week, uh, the, the struggles or the stresses and the anxieties would just would just fall off right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray that you give us laser focus for the next 30 minutes as we listen to the word that you're going to give us today, Father. God, I just pray that I would get out of the way, all of you, none of me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. So, uh, we're going to talk about the spirit of entitlement and the devastation of fake news today. And, and uh, I, I want to uh, talk uh, about something. Um, the spirit of fear, okay? The spirit of fear. And we talked about it two weeks ago. What gets birthed out of the spirit of fear is this thing called Entitlement, okay? The the, the spirit of entitlement. And the spirit of entitlement is all over our country today. I mean, it's just all over today. And, And that's what happens when people stop forgetting the blood that was shed. To create this wonderful country of freedom, right? Like, like, when we start to forget the sacrifice that, that men and women made, that literally they laid their life down so we could live in a place to worship God freely. Guys, that's why this country was discovered, so we could worship God freely. And whenever we move farther and farther away and we start forgetting our past, we, we come to this place where we just got a bunch of people with the spirit of entitlement on their life. And so we we, we need to uh, understand that the spirit of entitlement is birthed out of fear. And and here's the tricky thing about the spirit of entitlement. Many times it disguises itself as courage. Many times it disguises itself as courage when the true nature of it, it, it's just the spirit of entitlement uh, speaking. Okay, and so let's get the definition of entitlement this morning. Entitlement is the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. It is the feeling that you have the right to do or have what you want without having to work for it. And so as Christians, okay, as Christians, entitlement can happen when we're giving a blessing or a gift from God that we did not work for and we receive it with an ungrateful heart. This is how a, a Christian, this is how a follower of Jesus can, can, can start having this spirit of entitlement is when we receive the blessings of God with an ungrateful heart. Uh, Bonhoeffer would, would call it cheap grace. When, when people receive the grace of God and they don't understand, you know, the decisions that they're making and they're just living life with, without repenting, and Bonhoeffer would call it cheap grace, and... and, and It creates this this ungrateful heart, and we've been talking about the Israelites, and and we're going to talk about them in in a moment. And, And they had this issue. They had this issue with the spirit of entitlement, and instead of receiving God's blessing with a grateful heart, they received it with an ungrateful one. And so here's the danger of receiving things with an ungrateful heart. What gets birthed out of an ungrateful heart is complaining, which leads to gossip and slander. A couple weeks ago, I told you, if you keep showing up to this church, I will eventually talk about your favorite sin. (laughs) And at some point... It'll be your turn to be offended, okay? Come on, somebody. Yes, yes, yes. When we receive the blessings of God with an ungrateful heart, we, we end up complaining, and what happens when we complain? It, many times it leads to gossip and slander, and you want to talk about a demonic spirit that, 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 that can cause disunity. Man, gossip and slander will destroy your marriage. It'll destroy your family. It it can destroy churches. I've seen it destroy churches. It'll destroy your workplace. But it just... uh, This is just one of those sins, right? That it's just kind of like not hurting anyone right we we, are kind of okay with this sin in, in the context of a church and I'm telling you right now it brings disunity it can bring destruction and it eventually can literally limit us from the promises that God has in store for our lives and so before we get into uh, scripture today, before we read uh, Exodus, I want, I want to give us some context. Uh, I, want, I want us to, to get up to speed, what, what is happening and what we're going to talk about. So we, we we're talking about, man, how uh, Pharaoh finally let God's people go, and, and uh, they're, they're in the wilderness now, and it's, about, it's been about two years. Okay, Uh, it's been about two years and God has supernaturally, now now his people complain, they've been complaining about some things and God's like, fine, all right. And and he supernaturally provides for them uh, manna from heaven, like this honey bread from heaven and quail. So he gives them bread and meat supernaturally every single day for two years. He's supernaturally providing for them okay so that's that's where we're at let, let's let's continue with the story here in Exodus 13 17 and 18 let's read it when pharaoh finally let the people go God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory. If you guys remember, uh, the most famous Philistine is Goliath, right? And and the Philistines were this people. They're people of war, right? As soon as like their children were were born, they like put a knife in their hand. You know what I'm saying? Like they just put a sword in their hand. Like these people were were ruthless. Like, they were people of war and, and death, right? And so God's like, no, we're, we're not going to go that way, okay? I'm not going to send my people in, into their territory, even though... That was the shortest route to the promised land. Uh, Let me tell you, if you're new to Christianity here today, many times God does not take us the shortest route, okay? Many times he doesn't take us the shortest route. Uh, Okay, God said if the people are faced with with battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. And so... uh, they were slaves for 430 years. None of them had wielded a sword. None of them were, they weren't fighters at all. They were, they were slaves and they were still of the slave mentality. And so God's like, man, I can't have them go and fight right away because, man, they'll probably want to go back to, be, to being slaves. And so, so God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. I love that last phrase like an army ready for battle were they an army absolutely not could they fight anybody absolutely not but many times this is what god does for us this is what god does to us many times god was showing his people what they could become before they became it right God was showing his people what they could become. And man, many times the Holy Spirit will show us glimpses of our future and what we could actually become, even though we're not that person yet, right? Many times he shows us glimpses, and this is what he's doing for his people. He's like, listen, if you follow my commands, if you will obey me, if you will stay in my will, I will make you a mighty army that will conquer, that will win battles, that will be victorious. And so this is what he's showing his people. This is what God shows us all of the time to keep us encouraged, right, on the journey of what we could become. And so they're in the wilderness for two years. They're in the wilderness for two years. And here's the thing about the wilderness and and the problem with uh, American Christianity and American theology is that we think that and we want to skip the wilderness season, right? We, we want to skip it. Like, like, can I just skip the wilderness and just go to the promised land, right? Because we, we, we have this false ideology that somehow when I get to the promised land, then my life will be perfect. Then I'll be making six figures. Then I'll have the perfect marriage. Then my kids will behave. Then, right? Like we, we, we think, man, if I can just get to the promised land. And, and, and let me tell you, The wilderness is necessary for our development into God's promises. We can't skip the wilderness. Like The the wilderness is vital to our growth and development so we can stay in the promises of God. You see, the promised land is about having the integrity to keep the promises of God. And, and the wilderness is so vital and important to being able to receive the promises of God. Listen, Jesus doesn't even skip the wilderness season, right? He spends 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. And, and so, guys, don't, and I'm going to tell you, you don't want to skip the wilderness season because th- let's talk about three things that God is teaching us in the wilderness okay let's talk about three things God is teaching us in the wilderness season the first thing that God wants to teach us in the wilderness season is number one he wants to cultivate trust in any good relationship there has to be trust right this is what God is doing with his people by providing for them every single day right he's he's, he's he's building a relationship of trust with them like like this is man many times this is our relationship with Jesus man, especially in the beginning and and listen, we need to be in an environment you need to be in a church where you're growing where you're being challenged to go deeper where where, where you're iron sharpening iron right like like and, and you're, you're, our relationships need to continue to grow in god and and Man, in the wilderness season, and it's just such a beautiful thing. Wilderness is such a beautiful thing because it's cultivating trust in, in relationship, right? And we have to have trust in our relationship with God. Because here, here's, the, here's the fallacy, okay? Here's the fallacy. Is that we think that the promised land is easier than the wilderness, and it's not. And so, man... And if you're in the wilderness season today, man, enjoy the wilderness. And enjoy, man, cultivating this intimate relationship with Jesus, this this trust in the center of our relationship. All right, number two, number two, the second thing that the wilderness does. It's proving he is a good provider both physically and spiritually. God was proving to his people that he could provide for them, not just physically, but spiritually too. He proved, man, so many times in the wilderness season that Don and I had been through, God supernaturally provided for us. Why? Because he's cultivating trust. He's building our faith up in the wilderness season. He's proving that he is a good provider, both physically and spiritually. Now, some of you you're waiting for your financial breakthrough. You're, you're waiting for God to, to provide for you. Okay, let, let, me, let me tell you something. If you do not tithe, it is going to be really difficult for God to supernaturally bless your finances. Because that's how we prove that God has our money, how God has our finances. Listen, God doesn't need our money. He needs our heart. And, and many times money can become a God in our life. And we're wondering why, man, is God not providing supernatural from physically or spiritually? It's because you are stealing from God. Listen, Malachi says that when we don't tithe and put God first in our finances, that we are literally stealing from God. And yes, it takes a step of faith. It takes a step of trust, absolutely. But let me tell you right now, try it see that god won't come through you for you supernaturally god wants to prove that he is a good father that he is a perfect provider both physically and spiritually number three the third thing that god is teaching us in the wilderness is to rely on his guidance to rely on the guidance of the holy spirit you see what he did for his people when they were in the wilderness, he said, okay, follow this cloud, okay, by day. And just follow it, right? And then by night, what I'll do is I'll, I'll put a pillar of fire in the sky and then you just, you follow the pillar of fire, right? Like, man, this represents the Holy Spirit in our lives, which each of us have living inside of us. The Holy Spirit is trying to lead and guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit is trying to lead and guide our Lives. This is what happens in a wilderness season. We learn how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. They hear my voice. This is what happens in a wilderness season. We learn to hear the voice of God. And so the wilderness is essential for us getting to the promised land. Okay, because the goal is different, okay, when we get into the Promised Land, And so, okay, so two years, God's got them on the brink. He says, all right, I know they complain, okay, but I'm overlooked at, okay, but we're here. Two years, we're two years, we're on the brink of God, of all the promises that I have for, for my people. And so what Moses does is he sends out some spies. And so let's pick up the story here in Numbers 13, 17. Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see. It happened to be season for harvesting the first ripe grapes let's let's continue After exploring the land for 40 days the men returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran they reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land This was a, their report <coughs> to Moses We entered the land you sent us to explore and it is indeed bountiful country a land flowing with milk and honey here is the kind of fruit it produces. So they, they actually brought some, some fruit back, and it was, it was big, it was lush, it was beautiful, right? And so they're like, man, this, this, land is, this land is awesome, okay? This land is awesome. Let's continue. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak, the, the Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The, the, the Canaanites live along the coast of Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. And so they're just describing all of their enemies. Like, like look at all of these enemies that we have. They're, they're listing them. Let's continue with the story. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once To take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report, fake news. Okay, They spread the fake news about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought, too. Fake news. Before we get into it, before we get into it, before I forget, okay, that last statement, and that's what they thought, too, okay? They didn't talk to anybody. I mean, we want to talk about complete fake news, And, and here's the thing about good slander it needs to have some truth in it right and and so you see how they started the report there was some lots of truth oh yeah this is a wonderful land boom then they went into their opinion and 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 fake news because listen if they would have went and talked to somebody they would have found out that the people were absolutely terrified of God's people because we see 40 years later what happens is they the spies actually talked to someone they talked to the prostitute Rahab and she's like we're terrified of you guys we're completely terrified. And so if they would have talked to somebody, you see, that this is fake news. Although, man, to the people, it sounded good. And so uh, today I got four things that can happen from the devastation of believing fake news. And, and it's also because the reason why they were so easily able to receive this fake news is because they were living in the spirit of entitlement. They were living in the spirit of entitlement. Okay, number one. The devastation of fake news makes our problems bigger than God. Did you see how they described the people living there? They're like, they're giants. They're huge. They're going to kill us all. Like, like in the next chapter, it, it, it literally, uh, like they literally just are, are like, the men are like, they're curled up and then they're like crying. They're like in the fetal position. They're like, they're going to take our wives and our kids and it's going to be terrible. Hey, Please. And it's because, man, they've made the problem bigger than God. Guys, how many times do we do this on a daily basis? We're looking at the problems of our schools and our families and society and our culture and our government. And we're just like, it's too big for God. And it's because we get sucked in to this fake news. Listen, Satan is the father of lies he is the father of the fake news and, and the whole goal of, of and the devastation of the fake news is to get us to believe that our problems are bigger than our God I mean, you think you think your current situation in, in our schools and our government and, and that is bigger than God you think the coronavirus is you think it's bigger than God? Like, but we get so sucked in because it's constant over and over and over and over and over. It's all we hear over and over and over again. Constant. Because this is the devastation of believing fake news that it makes our problems bigger than God. And you see, man, this is what they reported. There's no way. There's no way we can take this land, it's too big. They're too big, they're too powerful. And essentially what they're saying is they're too big, powerful for God. Number two, the second thing that happens, devastation of fake news, it increases fear that can demoralize God's promises. Right, I've talked to some of you and some of you will watch the news and and all of a sudden you're afraid. Do you understand? Like, like, literally, yeah, man, it happens to me. I'll watch five minutes uh, 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 of mainstream media news, and, and I will literally be afraid. Right? Okay. All right. Babe, we're selling everything, okay? And we're gonna we're gonna go get the van down by the river, okay? The world is coming, you know what I mean? So like you know, I mean? you guys, this happens, right? And it's the goal of fake news, okay, to increase fear into our lives, to demoralize God's promises that He has for our life. Man, God has big promises for our life. He has a big land in store for us. But if we keep, le- if we keep Letting this fake news into our hearts and our minds every single day. Yes, it's going to increase our fear and eventually demoralize God's promises. Number three, number three. The third thing that it does, the devastation of believing fake news, is it keeps us isolated. Keeps us isolated. Satan loves an isolated Christian. Satan loves to keep us alone and isolated because, guys, there's strength in numbers. Guys, there's there's strength in a body of Christ that comes together every single week and encourages one another. And so he doesn't want to do that. He wants to isolate us and keep us alone with our own thoughts and and, and fake news. Like this is Satan's plan is, is to isolate us away. From the group of people that will encourage us and support us. And and here's the thing about the Israelites they wanted to be isolated. They they wanted to be isolated in the desert, They, they, they wanted to stay in the wilderness. They had it good, they didn't have to fight. They, they, they didn't have to uh, build. They didn't have to do anything. They just, they just followed a cloud and, 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 and followed a fire, and, and God provided supernaturally for them. They, they didn't have to conquer. They didn't have to fight. They just... And so they, they, they liked being in the wilderness. They liked being isolated. This is what fake news can do to our life and the spirit of entitlement can do to our lives. Number four, number four, will affect our attitude. It'll affect our attitude. Believing fake news will affect our attitude. The spirit of entitlement will affect our attitude and the way we look at things. Okay, here's the thing about the Israelites. It's just like, why would they want to stay in the wilderness? Why? Because... When you get to the promised land, and I don't know if I'll talk about this next week or not, but when you get to the promised land, the expectations that God has for your life have changed. Because when you get to a place where you're stepping into the promises of God, the expectation that God has on our life is that you will produce something with your life. And so that's why, guys, that's why the Israelites were like, "Uh, no, thank you because they're gonna to have to fight. They're gonna to have to build. They're gonna to have to grow their own crops. They're gonna to have to, but guys, let me tell you, like that's God's plan for our lives. Yes, he wants to supernaturally provide for us and, and, and do all that, but that's the wilderness season. When we get to the promised land, God has given us a brain, he's given us a body, he's given his, his favor to us to go and produce something, to multiply something. He gives us blessings so we can multiply it, so we can steward what God has given us, not that we just sit on it. Yes. Yes. And so the Israelites had this spirit of entitlement on them, okay? And they were just like, I don't want to work for anything. I don't want to fight. Guys, this, this is what socialism does to a country. Okay? Socialism is just a pig with a wig on it with lipstick. Okay? <laughs> if, if communism is a pig, right, then that's what socialism is. Okay? And, and this is what happens. Like, talk to anybody that has come from a communist country yeah. and ask them how much they loved it. Yeah. Come on. Come on. And, 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 and so... God's plan is not for us to stay in the wilderness, to stay completely dependent on him. Yes we're, supposed to, yes, we're supposed to depend on God absolutely and rely on him. But at some point, we're supposed to mature into taking the promises of God and making our life count for something. Jesus doesn't say, hey, I, I need you to go, go make converts. Just just go. And, and, no, no, no. He says, go make disciples. There's a big difference. There's a big difference between someone who, who believes in God, who has died to themselves, have picked up their cross, and follows Jesus every single day. Their, their life looks a lot different. And, 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 and that's what God meant when we get to this place of, of taking the promised land. It's about taking ground for the kingdom of God. It's about destroying demonic strongholds in our family and in our city. Guys, listen to me. Listen to me. God is is seeking for a church that is willing to destroy the demonic strongholds in our city. Listen, guys, guys, come on. If we can unify as a church and, and, and step into everything. we're all different places some of you are in a wilderness season right now enjoy it like and just enjoy it like man pastor it's really hard man enjoy this wilderness season the intimacy that you have with God okay Jesus didn't stay in the wilderness forever right and guess what it would have been easier for Jesus just to live in the wilderness right because then he wouldn't have to talk to people right you know what I'm saying people always make things more difficult But God hasn't called us to isolate ourselves away from people. No, 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 He says, like, "I need you to be the salt. Yes. I need yes. you to be the light yes. of this world. Yes. And guys, more than ever. We need to strip off the spirit of entitlement. And, and, and this just the spirit of, you know, listening to fake news and stepping into the courage that God has for us. Man, God's been, been stirring up some of you for years of dreams. He's been stirring up you for, for years, and you've li- just let them go dormant. Why? Because you listen to the fake news of the devil. You just listen. You just let him speak to you and, and keep you isolated and alone and, and stuck in the wilderness. Because here's the thing, guys. That whole generation, except for Caleb and Joshua, died in the wilderness. And I know the next thing that I'm about to say is really hard, okay? I know, I know it's really hard. Two out of the 12 spies said, come on, let's go. No, 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 no. God's got this. Our God's bigger. That's about 17%. 18% 18%, if you want to, want to put it in percentages. That's about the percentage of Christians that live in our country that are actually living in the promised land. That actually get to this place where God is fully using their lives, their gifts, and their talents, their resources, their finances. It's because we are so babied here in this country. We're living in the spirit of entitlement. We'd rather have a handout than go put the work in. We we'd rather like some of some of you are sitting on your couch, eating Doritos, waiting for God to make you the next CEO. God's like you you gotta get a job, brother. Like come on. <laughs> right, but we 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 come to this place in society where man work is a bad word. Do you know what I'm saying? But, but God's all about work. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's all about it. He's like, man, my people need, I need some people that are willing to, 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 to hold the field, to, to plow the field, to, to plant, yes, to yes. harvest. Like, man, I need some people that are willing to stand on the front lines and become part of the army of God because he's called us to be an army, not a social club. That's why Paul says put on all all armor of God because we're an army. Come on, our problems in today's society are not too big for God. Come on, we're gonna take back the government. We're gonna take back our schools. Come on, we're gonna take back the family. Come on, we're gonna take back marriages. Come on, we're gonna take back our country. Why? Because our God is bigger. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes as we go into our response time today. First things first. Maybe some of you today, you're, you're just, you're honest. And you're saying, Pastor, man, I've, I, I got swept up into fake news and the, the lies of the enemy, and I'm just far from God. Or maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. This is your moment today, the most important moment of your life. And what's awesome about God is the moment you say yes, man, all of His grace, all of His love, and all of His promises, you have access to. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you wanna make that decision today, maybe for the first time, or just rededicate your life, to the Lord just slip up your hand real quick I'm not going to make you do anything embarrassing yes just slip up your hand I just want to pray with you yes thank you Jesus you, you can put your hands down thank you God and I would just ask this morning that we would all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today dear Jesus I thank you for what you did on the cross and I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins that you would come into my life And be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.